Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Today, I'm going to talk about the Word of God Sunday. That was last Sunday. On Monday, I was on the program with Father Jeff Lewis, and we raced and and explored the question, why is Mass not full? And we came up with four reasons why. Today, I'm going to answer a different question. Why is Mass not impactful? Why is Mass not full? Why is Mass not impactful? I think that's a related question. We're going to dig into it today on Sound Insight in just a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you and praise you for the gift of the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that your Word is alive. It's a living word and that you come and speak to us as a good and loving father. That Jesus, you reveal yourself to us in your very heart, in your word. And that you, Holy Spirit, are the the inspiration, the source of life and power that comes to us in your word. Lord, we do love you. Give us the grace to appreciate, have gratitude, but to welcome your word into our lives more fully and to allow that word to reverberate, to shine forth more radiantly, majestically in our lives. And Lord, we we do make a very special prayer today. I pray in a very special way that the gift of the mass, the holy sacrifice of the mass would be more majestic more radiant and would have a a transformative impact upon us as we we go to Mass. Give us the grace, Lord, to be ready to receive that transformative impact. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes you think you know something and you kind of got it all dialed down and dialed in and okay, yeah, I've I've been working with this thing for so long. There's, there's nothing new, no surprises. Well, literally like five minutes ago, maybe, well, 10 minutes ago at most, I I use a uh, the stopwatch feature on my uh, iPhone to track my time. Um, when I'm when I'm talking about things, because <laughs> uh, for for the radio program, and it just so happened that you know the default setting for the stopwatch, uh, which you know you might also use, you'll use it as a timer or as an alarm, all that sort of thing. Um, the stopwatch feature I've used for for years, years, and ten minutes ago something new happened, and that new was 
I ended up by accident swiping to the left on the digital readout. And when I did, it turned into not a display that was a digital readout of, you know, uh, minutes, seconds, and then hundreds of seconds, but it turned into a stopwatch. There was like a face of a stopwatch, like a traditional stopwatch. And I, like I, I lost my breath. <laughs> I, I lost my breath. I was like, what is this? I have been, and, and for two reasons. The first is I, I never knew it was there. It was there all the time. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was hidden from me, but well, it, it, it was in one sense hidden from me until I knew how to bring it into the open. And it was the easiest of things. I just had to, well, if someone told me, I, I would have been able to do it all by myself, but I stumbled into it. So I, I've got this bright smile on my face. Now, there's a reason why. it, And, and that reason is that growing up, uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed was my stopwatch. My parents got me a stopwatch when I was in middle school. And it was like a nice one. It was a nice stopwatch. And I used that thing so much. I would use it for running. And, you know, we'd time my brothers and I and our friends would time each other running races. But boy, I loved that stopwatch. And, and the funny thing is, is that just literally swiping to the face of a stopwatch uh, as a digital way of, of displaying the tracking of time on this iPhone, it evoked those those the feelings, the memories and the feelings associated with that. And all of that from my iPhone, all that from this device and this function of this device that I thought I had it down expecting nothing. I mean, it was functional, it was practical, it was useful. And, and that's all I ever expected from it. And now all of a sudden it surprised me. Something new was there. Gee, does anybody see what I'm doing here? <laughs> anybody notice or tracking with me? What am I going to talk about? Well, I mentioned that the theme of this program is why is the mass not more impactful? Uh, Monday, if you listen to the program, again, I encourage you to, to tune in the program. It was, it was really a very interesting conversation with Father Jeff Lewis about why is mass not full? Reflecting on my going to a daily mass and just seeing a, just a handful of people there and saying, why is mass not full? And we explored these four different reasons. And and I guess you could even put in a fifth reason, which really is going to be a standalone program right here, right now, which is why is mass not more impactful? That, that's probably one of the reasons why it's not full, frankly. And that is that if it was impactful to go to mass, and, and we highlighted the idea that the truth of going to Mass, you have these encounters with Christ, and and especially receiving Christ in Holy Communion, uh, Christ's true and real presence in the Eucharist, that should be all the reason we need to, to come running, that Jesus Christ, the living Lord, is showing up here. You want to be there. Well, today I'm going to tease out and, and dig in more fully to something that um, the church gives us a pointer to, the church gives us a lead on, and that is the importance of the word of God, the importance of the word of God in our life of faith. And last Sunday was designated by Pope Francis a few years ago as 
the Sunday for the Word of God, the Sunday for so, you know, Word of God Sunday, the Sunday when Catholics around the world are to ponder and reflect on the gift of the scriptures as sacred writings, as inspired writings, as what it truly is, not just words of human beings, words of men, words of human authors, but the principal author in the scriptures is God, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who inspires the human authors to write what God intended to have written. And so it is not like other books. It's more unlike other books than it is like other books. It's like other books in a hundred ways that you can easily name, but it's unlike other books because this book and this book alone is God-breathed. It's inspired, the inspired word of God. And one of the theological, like, uh, let's see, I don't know if you call it an implication, but one of the, the other truths of this scripture is that the scripture has a native place, a home, a, a place where it most fully belongs, where it was intended to operate. And we can obviously say as Catholics, that place is not intended to be the bookshelf or the coffee table. It And it's not even meant to be on your prayer table where you take it and you read the scriptures during your prayer time. And, and I'm not saying don't do that. No, I do that. And I encourage you to do that and do it daily. But the home, the the organic natural place or in the supernaturally designed space where the scriptures belong is the liturgy, the sacred liturgy. So whether that is the mass, other sacraments, or the liturgy of the hours, right? the divine office. Oh, I'm liking these words, divine office. And so there's something different about prayers and rituals that are called liturgy because they're established by Christ, they're carried on by the church, and they're places where Jesus Christ, the high priest, is the principal actor or agent. And it is his word in the scriptures that the word of God goes forth sounds is sounded forth is proclaimed and announced and so word of god sunday is a beautiful reminder and uh, pointer like draw attention pay attention folks the word of god is active it's living it's sharper than a two-edged sword right hebrews chapter four and this uh, this truth about the scriptures is that we should be looking to the mass as the principal and most profound place where the scriptures and its impact ought to be happening in the liturgy. So in the liturgy of the hours and in mass. And so praying the liturgy of the hours and going to mass, praying through the mass should give us an encounter with Jesus Christ as the Word. 
Jesus Christ as the word of God. In fact, the church teaches that. The church says that there are four manifestations of the presence of Christ, four presences of Christ at Mass. And of course, we say, oh, Christ is present in the Eucharist. Yes, Christ is present in the priest who, who presides. Christ is present in the assembly that gathers. And Christ is present as the word proclaimed, the word of God. So there's a special space where that word of God is proclaimed. And depending on the first, second reading, the gospel, the gospel is proclaimed by the ordained because it's Christ who proclaims his word. So these are all beautiful theological truths, but they only are ideas that stick in our minds. If they don't translate into our lives, then they're not having the full impact they were intended to have. So last Sunday was this beautiful opportunity to uh, come to, 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 to express and live the solution to the question, why is Mass not more impactful? How can people come to Mass and their eyes glaze over? How can people come to Mass and say, I'm bored? Why is Mass so boring? And, it, and I'm going to dig into that. I'm going to talk about that today. Why is Mass not so impactful? Why is Mass so boring at times? And it is a, it's a painful truth. It's a painful truth. It's, let's go back to the iPhone. Let's go back to that stopwatch on the iPhone. Well, I, I, I've used it a hundred times. I, I practically, I, I know it all. I, I know how it all works. I, I not, nothing new here, nothing surprising. And we don't know how to get that little swipe to the, the surprise, the hidden, the hidden. Like I, I went from the digital readout to the stopwatch face and I went, oh, it was wondrous. It was a surprise. It was wow. And, and it evoked these memories. It had this impact, right? And that's just a, a stupid stopwatch app, right? Not even, you know, a function, stopwatch app function on a phone. Well, wait a minute. What is hidden and comes out into the open at mass. What would, what would be the reality that is hidden? And if that reality broke forth, came out of hiding and into the open at mass, that would make it more impactful. That would make you lose your breath that would make you stand in awe and wonder. And well, of course I'm going to say the answer is Jesus, but I'm not going to just stop with the one word Jesus. I'm going to say it's the living glorified Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God. That he is the one who breaks forth at Mass. And an encounter with the living God at Mass, an encounter with Jesus Christ at Mass, turns Mass from boring and lacking an impact to something that is transformative, convicting, converting, 
healing, comforting, enlightening, refreshing, feeding, spiritually uh, 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 elevating. All of those things are the, let's call it what it should, what it should happen, what should be happening at mass. Why isn't it? Talk in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Karn. It is, it, it's great to be with you. It really is. And I'm talking about something important today. Um, and I'll tell you something. On Sunday, I wept as I was driving away from Mass. I wept, and I wept because of what I'm going to share about right now. And it was about a mass, about last Sunday's mass, and the way in which it was lacking an impact. I, I wrote a book on the mass. You, you may know that. It's, it's actually free in a digital form online. Go to mycatholicfaith.org. Look up free resources. It's the mass, Four Encounters with Jesus That Will Change Your Life. Four Encounters with Jesus That Will Change Your Life. Christ was there to be encountered in those four distinct showings up, the four distinct presences of Christ in the assembly and the word and the priest and the Eucharist. But I, I said in the book that it's not that mass is boring. It's that we are boring. We are boring. And the, the sad, the sad truth, the tragic truth, the terrible truth is that we are boring at Mass because we are not radiating divinity. Whoa, that's a pretty strong phrase right there, radiating divinity. What is that? Well, I'll say it this way. What God intends to manifest at Mass is his majesty his divine beauty. The theological word for that is glory. God's glory, God's majestic divine beauty is what we are welcomed into when we enter the sacred space, this consecrated place, this place set apart, which is the church. And the sanctuary is the place where heaven breaks into earth and God's glory is made manifest. I mean, my brothers and sisters, think about it at Mass. What do we say? Holy, holy, holy. 
are you, Lord God Almighty, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to people of goodwill. We praise you. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. What are we saying? We are given words to pray that are indicating that we are in the presence of divine beauty, of God's glory, of God's majesty, his infinite majesty. Why is mass not impactful? Why is mass so boring? Because God remains the hidden God. I just used a, I referenced a theological concept there. God remains the hidden God. Deus absconditus. In, uh, in systematic theology, there are certain pairs of concepts. The God of faith and the God of reason, right? The God of grace and the God of law. The God of, um, uh, the God, God is one and God is three, well, there's also the revealed God and the hidden God, Deus revelatus et Deus absconditus, the hidden God. And uh, there's, there's a way in which God is the hidden God because of what we do. God hides his face from us when we betray him. If we betray the Lord, if we betray him, then it, it's as if God is hiding his face from us. When in fact, it's probably better to say, we're closing our eyes. You walk outside on a bright sunny day and you say, it is so dark out here. And then people look and say, what are you talking about? It's bright light. Oh, like, oh no, your eyes are closed. Open your eyes. <laughs> if you open your eyes you'll see that it is quite bright out. You know, it's it's so full of light. Deus absconditus, the hidden God, is why Mass is not so impactful. It's why Mass is boring. Is that God hides his face. Now, there's a, another dimension. That this idea of Deus absconditus, the hidden God, has many facets. And another facet is that God hides his face when we sin. But God also doesn't manifest, he isn't so fully revealed, the Deus absconditus becomes the Deus revelatus, the hidden God becomes the revealed God most fully, perfectly in Jesus Christ, right? And so what happens when Jesus Christ appears is the fullness of his glory. Often it is obscured, it is hidden, it is cloaked by his humanity, so people can encounter Christ and not realize that his divinity, that there's divinity that is also shining forth. You tracking with me? Right? And so you can see in the scriptures that there are these occasions where the divinity of Christ breaks through. It breaks through most, like say, fully during his life on earth during his, his strictly his human life, before he dies, it shows up 
uh, in the transfiguration. Literally go up the mountain. They go up that mountain and his glory is revealed. They glimpse his glory. And what does it do? It blows them away. Peter, James, and John, they fall to the ground. It's like they're sleepy. They're, they're overwhelmed by God's glory. It marks their lives forever. Aquinas says that God reveals his glory so that they can walk their path. They can walk the path they have on earth because they have glimpsed his glory. It has impacted. It has impressed themselves on their lives so that they can, in fact, uh, carry the cross, walk the hard road, make their way and be drawn towards heaven where God's glory is, re is to be fully revealed. Where else in, in the ministry of Christ do you see a glimpse of God's glory? Well, you see it in, for instance, the Gospel of John. You have the, uh, the temple guard and the Sanhedrin come out, the guards from the Sanhedrin come out to the uh, garden and they're looking for Jesus. Who, whom do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. That great way of referencing the name of God. And in, in speaking I am in the Gospel of John, there is a way in which that very word becomes the place of breakthrough of divinity. That there's something majestic, something holy, something divine that breaks through when Jesus says I am. And what happens? It says they step back and fall to the ground. Boom. There's that, again, the power of divinity that overwhelms. And then we can point to uh, other uh, events, encounters, where there are those who recognize divinity. And the place I think where that shows up paradoxically, right, is the demons. The, the demons. Uh, the demon in Gospel of Mark at the beginning comes running up to Jesus in, in Mark chapter 1, run, runs up to him, and he says, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Okay, notice that, 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 that phrase, the Holy One. The divinity, the, the quality of holiness. Jesus shows up and the demons recognize when Jesus shows up, divine power, divine majesty, divine glory shows up and it provokes evil to get out of hiding and come out into the open. What is hidden becomes revealed. The impact of divinity is that it reveals majesty. When divinity breaks forth onto the scene, when God's holiness, God's glory, God's majesty shines forth and breaks through, everything gets exposed. Evil gets exposed. Signs and wonders occur. Healings occur. Forgiveness occurs. Resurrection from the dead occurs. The multiplication of, of the fish, right? That Peter, in, in the call of Peter, right? You've heard me talk this, tell this story how many times? In Luke 5, what happens? The miraculous catch of fish, it's so overwhelming. There is a breaking through. There's a revelatus, the absconditus, the hidden God becomes the revealed God in that catch of fish. So it's something that's just human and natural, but God uses it to break through, an event of breakthrough, 
and lives are changed. Missions are, are brought forth. There's a call that occurs. All that happens. All that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff happens because the hidden God becomes the revealed God. Now, my brothers and sisters, this is supposed to happen at Mass. This is intended by God to happen at Mass. The hidden God becomes the revealed God at every Mass. And if Mass is not impactful, if Mass is not boring, I mean, if Mass is boring, it's not God's fault. Not the fault of Jesus. It's our fault. And I, I want to I want to just peel that away a little bit more because of what happened at Mass. I told you I, I drove away from Mass and started to weep. Not just like tears were in my eyes. No, weep. Like deep, heaving kind of weeping. What happened? Well, what happened was I'm at Mass and I was I was I was not at St. Mary's. So um, one of my daughters had a volleyball tournament. I took her early in the morning. It happened to be on a Sunday. This like never happens, but it just for some reason was a Sunday tournament. We ended up driving a long way and then ended up at a church I'd never been to before. So that was cool. Go to a Catholic church I hadn't been to before. The priest presided. I didn't know who he was. And uh, the priest, you know, was friendly. He enjoyed the fellowshipping before mass he was greeting folks and he comes in and um is a um a, a lively presider like lively you know he enjoyed he enjoyed presiding and and then we get to the uh the gospel he reads the gospel and then homily and he announces at the beginning of his homily that this is Word of God Sunday. And he starts to give this homily. Now, the content of the homily, the content, it was really solid. It was written with care. It was uh, a nice sort of flow, beginning and middle and end. And it laid out, um, you know, quite a bit of teaching. There was quite a bit of teaching in there. But there was a part of this uh, homily that was so hurtful. It was so hurtful. It was that what the priest was actually reading in this homily was a teaching that was a kind of like invitation and uh, even exhortation to allow the word of God a more prominent place in our lives, the scriptures, a more prominent place in our lives, and that this word of God was intended by us to take root in our lives, come and, and, and take root in our hearts, to shape and mold and, and impact our hearts, our, our 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 thinking, our consciousness, how we how we see ourselves, how how we relate to the world around us, how we how we relate to God, and how we uh, are now therefore to to go forth into the world and to carry that word of God out into the world that we personally 
We're called to do that, to personally embrace our vocation, to bring God's word as mediators, like that priestly call, that prophetic call, that kingly call, to bring God's word into the world. And you know, like, Tom, what's, what's so bad about all of that? Well, he was reading a text that he hadn't written. He was reading pre-written homily. Okay, do you see the irony? He's reading a pre-written homily about the importance of reading the word of God, meditating on it, taking it in, making it your own, and speaking it in the way that God intends you to speak it to the people that God brings into your life. This is the priest doing this. On Word of God Sunday, telling us to take time to meditate on God's word and to bring God's word out into the world. And what is he doing? He's reading somebody else's words, and he didn't even read it like he had read it before. He was kind of stumbling through the sentences. He was trying to read it like in a way that was a little bit uh, like... Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, as a performer, in a sense, so that it, it it kind of flowed, but you could just tell it became really obvious. This guy hadn't read this before. He was, just, he was, he was mailing it in. How dare you? Is was, I was sitting there just like looking at this priest saying, how dare you? Are you kidding me? What, what are you doing? What are you doing every day? What are you doing? Like, do you realize, Father, that this is your chance? This is your chance. This is this is when your faithful are gathering around the altar to engage in the most important activity that is happening on earth in this moment that heaven is breaking into earth. Heaven is breaking into earth, that, that the hidden God, the Deus Absconditus, becomes the Deus Revelatus. The hidden God will become the revealed God, and that revealed God, that revealed divine, majestic, holy, glorious God, who is Jesus Christ revealing the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit, happening at Mass, and you are our spiritual Father, and you are mailing it in. What, what are you doing? What, and this was during a week when there was so much snow, so much cold, that there just could not be that many things to be doing with your life. And if there were that many things to be doing with your life, you would have had stories to share. Where the word of God was coming alive and moved you out through the snow to minister in the name of Christ. We deserve better. We, we, no, we desperately, no, Jesus deserves better. And we desperately need more than a priest reading pre-written homily, especially so ironically about the importance of reading God's word and taking it in and letting it come forth through your life. Come on, Father. Why is Mass not full? Why is Mass not impactful? Because beauty without divinity is pageantry. While beauty with divinity is majesty. Beauty without divinity, beauty without holiness, 
beauty without God speaking through the ritual, through the priest, through the celebration, the, the sacrifice of the mass is mere pageantry. It's mere pageantry. I was talking to my daughter, uh, Mary Grace. Uh, she was she will travel around the country um, to to videotape weddings um, of friends and um, and and she was telling me about a time where she was uh, she happened to be at a place where they got to hear uh, a bishop speak, and it, it wasn't here. It wasn't in in Washington State. All right. So, and she said, "Yeah, there was something that." really jumped out at me about this bishop and you know the way he celebrated mass and the way he spoke and it's like he really enjoyed being the bishop <laughs> he really enjoyed he really enjoyed the pomp the ceremony the pageantry of presiding at this mass he said she said yeah the way he would like say the prayers and and he would read his prepared words there were his they weren't somebody else's he prepared the homily and but she said it was like so like full of just sort of uh, a kind of uh, a mode of presenting that was like very full of well kind of his own presenting but there was no sense of divinity, no sense of the word of God breaking forth. There was no sense of the deus absconditus became the deus revelatus through his words. Um, and I'm going to hold that against all of us uh, because I'm using the example of the priest at Mass on Sunday and this particular, this bishop, but... Um, it's us too, brothers and sisters. And, and it's going to be me. It's me. It's me every day. I, I know this. You, you hear me say this, if, if you hear me. Doc, so I'm not, I'm not kind of slipping around the corner and saying it's all them. I'm just answering the question, why is mass not impactful and the mass not full? Well, not enough deus absconditus becoming the deus revelatus. There's not enough of the hidden God breaking out into the open. Well, what, what does that look like when the hidden God breaks out into the open. Um, we talked about that on Monday, you know, with Father Lewis, you know, that you got to be that same, right? But let's, let me be more concrete. Uh, I uh, I don't think I mentioned it on, on Monday, but I know I've told this story a number of times through the 20 years on Sound Insight, that when I was in the seminary on the faculty, or no, he wasn't on the faculty at the North American College in Rome, but he lived at the North American College in Rome, was... Um, now retired Bishop Olmsted. Uh, he he retired uh, from the being the Bishop of Phoenix in Arizona. Um, well, he uh, he worked at the Vatican at the Curia, and he lived at the North American College, so he could just walk to uh, to work because it was it was like right there. And um, one of the things that jumped out at me was the fact that uh, he. Uh, would be in adoration. I, I would regularly go to the adoration chapel uh, for for my prayer time. Not always, but I would do that regularly. And I have to tell you, the majority of times I would go there, he was there. 
And it wasn't just that, oh, we picked the same hour. I mean, it was it was really kind of stunning. The reality of of going into the chapel and here's this faculty member or here's this priest and he's there in adoration and he is there you know praying quietly and you know i i actually uh one of the things that i remember about him being there in adoration is you know i'd sit there quietly and he would have these like momentary mm, hit, hit just like this like little urgent longing that he, that he would vocalize not drawing attention to himself i'm sure it was just the opposite was despite himself it was like the lord was drawn close to him the lord was ministering to him the lord was filling him the lord was touching in, in him so deeply well he in my 3 years at the north american college got to preside at mass and and give a homily uh on a sunday one time only one time they you know because they always had the faculty do it but one time he gave a homily and it was in fact the only homily i ever heard that had as its theme the call to evangelize now i'm not saying that these priests in the course of those three years didn't occasionally mention the call we are to be witnesses in the world right of course they would say that but very specifically he gave a homily on evangelizing proclaiming jesus christ and i have to tell you his words had impact they had this power to impress themselves into the lives of those who heard you when you come out of mass you were like whoa what was that and it was beauty with divinity, not beauty without divinity. Beauty without divinity is pageantry. Beauty with divinity is majesty. So you can have the most beautiful mass from the standpoint of the music and the and the capacity of the the vestments and the uh, the art and the architecture and all of that. And and if that priest if that priest is fine at the act of presiding, but there's no divinity shining forth, there's no holiness shining forth. It's pageantry. There's Deus absconditus, the hidden God, and God wants to be the Deus revelatus, the the revealed God, the majestic, glorified Jesus Christ intends to shine forth. That's who intends to be with us at Mass. And that's why Mass is not so impactful. That's why Mass is boring. It's because we don't have enough showing up, shining forth, breaking through of the glorified Lord Jesus Christ. On the Sunday of the Word of God, it's uh, it's uh, the first the first reading is from Jonah, the prophet Jonah, and there's this proclaiming of the fast. But do you remember what happened when Jonah went and preached for 40 days? It said the people of Nineveh heard. Well, what did they hear? I'll tell you in a minute. Welcome back to the program. The people of Nineveh heard what? The people of Nineveh heard God. The people of Nineveh heard God, and then the king proclaimed a fast. And from 
great to little and even the animals they fasted and and uh sat in dust uh sack uh, sackcloth and ashes and god repented that means god changed his mind god did not bring about the destruction but they heard god jonah spoke they heard god jonah spoke they heard god that is deus revelatus that is preaching the human speaker speaks god and his word breaks through that's sacred scripture sacred scripture we read the sacred scripture why because we read the sacred scripture and it's reading words on paper it's reading words written by human beings through those words in those words is divinity god's power holiness breaking forth shining through and the, the words you know i mean the words aren't divine the words are divinely inspired but meaning that they become a doorway through which god will come and speak god will come and speak god will come and reveal it says that through the sacred scriptures god the father comes lovingly to speak to his children it says in the catechism quoting aquinas that in god's word in the scriptures it's the heart of jesus that is made manifest that is revealed that's beauty with divinity and you can even have sim simplicity you can have even have something that's ordinary something that's plain but when divinity when holiness shines forth is present and breaks through then you have glory you have majesty you have impact you have conviction that's what happens and look at jonah Jonah didn't show up saying, I'm here because I know the secret to proclaiming uh, God, to have God's word, to have God be heard when I speak my words. No, <laughs> Jonah Jonah was the reluctant prophet. No, not even the reluctant prophet. What was he? He was the prophet who said, not only do I resist, but I am getting out of here. <laughs> he fled from the call, right? He didn't just, he wasn't reluctant. He wasn't resistant. Man, he led the call. <laughs> on a boat let me get out of here god's like yeah okay i'll tell you what here's a storm and then they're like we're gonna perish and then jonah's like throw me overboard he goes overboard swallowed by a fish right jonah's like i'll, I'll die rather than do this call and god's like no nah, i got this i don't need a boat i got a big fish <laughs> big fish i have you inside the fish and you know what now you're stuck now you got now you can ponder what your actual situation is and Jonah's like, okay, I surrender. I give up. I, I just, what does he say? I give myself over to this call. I just give myself over to this call. And God's like, okay, that's good. Now, now you're in a position. Now you're useful to me. Now you're usable by me. Now, now I can actually use your life to speak my word. Because we got all that reluctance and re resistance and fleeing out of the system. It's all out of your system. Now you're going to obey. Obey means what? Now you're going to listen and follow. You're going to listen and speak what you hear. And he does. Now that all that other stuff has been cleansed, he's a cleansed vessel. Now God shows forth. Now God shows up. Well, my brothers and sisters, this isn't just a critique about the tragedy of 
what happened last Sunday at Mass, and that priest just mailed it in when he should have stood in awe and wonder before the call. And and why doesn't he? Well, it's you can mail in your daily prayer. You can you can like I, I I'm doing night prayer with my kids at night. Do office of readings in the morning. And it can just become the same prayers. Just mail it in. Just like I used that stopwatch function. Same thing. Nothing new there. Nothing new. Yeah, it's the same thing. And there's no, whoa, what is that? What else is there? Right? No, God's word is new, ever new, ever fresh, ever ready to be a place of breaking in. And so when God breaks into our lives in our own prayer time, when God breaks into our lives in, in our prayer time, then you know what will happen? We'll bring that forward when we have a chance to talk about God to others. And, and and that's what I feel so deeply. That's what I feel so deeply. Like when I when I come and talk to you guys, you know, the five days a week, right? I see this as a stewardship, as an entrustment, as a, a grave obligation. Personally, this is my mission. I, I don't want you to come to my radio program, my podcast, and hear my voice. I want you to hear God's voice. I want the Lord to shine forth. I want the Lord to break through. I want the Lord to be the one who's speaking through whatever it is I'm talking about, whoever it is I'm talking about, whatever is the theme, I want the Lord to shine forth. I want the Lord to break through. And so that you hear from God and then you take the action that God has for you to take. That's the call, brothers and sisters. So when I left Mass, when I left Mass last Sunday, I got in the car and as I'm driving away, you know, the Lord Jesus has just come into me, right? On this Word of God Sunday, hearing the Word proclaimed and then receiving Him in the Eucharist, being with Him in the community, and yes, showing up in that priest, I just drove away from the church. I said, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me. I repent. Being in that car was kind of like being in the, the belly of the whale for Jonah. Like, God, I... I am so sorry that I am reluctant, that I'm resistant, and that I flee you and your call, you and your word. And as a result, my life becomes boring. My life becomes less suited to be a place of impact on the lives of others. Brothers and sisters, there's a lot at stake in this. You know, last week I received this beautiful gift of fasting during the week. I, was, I thought I was going to go longer than the five days that I did. It ended up being a five-day water fast. But by Friday night, I was, I, I was feeling the impact on my body and I had to pay attention to it. But the number of instances where I saw God's hand at work, sensed God's hand at work, experienced God's power breaking forth and opening doors. And, and I'm feeling like, wow, wow, I need to pay attention to that and take way more cognizance of and, and, and seriously the reality that one of the reasons why God's divine power is not breaking forth more fully in my life, in my ministry, through my life, through my ministry, through the radio, through the podcast, through times where I talk to others about the Lord is because I'm not fasting. 
I'm not praying enough. I'm not surrendering my life more fully, but I'm in my own way, reluctant and resistant and fleeing in my own way, mailing it in. And so it was because of that, that as I drove away from the church, I was weeping. It's like, God, you put up with me. Why do you put up with me? How long will you remain with God? Why do you put up with all of us, Lord? And, and here's what's so crazy. I called Carrie when I was uh, left mass, I was heading back to the volleyball tournament. Carrie had the same experience at mass that I did, where she was like, why is it, why is mass so boring? Why do I lack such attention? Well, why is everybody around me look so bored? God, where's your power? Where's your glory? It was amazing. We were not even at mass together in different locations. And God was stirring the same truth in our lives. That was really powerful. It was very confirming. And it makes me sad that we can settle for such ease. We can settle for such comfort at the material level, especially how we treat our bodies. And as a result, end up lacking spiritual power end up with such a minimized presentation of the living God. And I'm like, what's it going to take for us as a church to get it, for priests to get it, for we laity in our own calls, get it? <laughs> and in, in the world we're living, like how many more people have to bleed out of the church, have to walk away from the church, how long, O oh Lord, before you move with greater power? Please, don't hold back, Lord. Come with greater power. Come with more majesty and divinity. So that's been my prayer. Lord, reveal your majesty to me in a whole new way. I hope you'll pray that prayer too. God, become the revealed God in our lives. God bless you. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.